Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Now let's head out to Roanoke and Justin. How are you today? Doing good, my friend. How are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing wonderful. Fantastic. Love the show. I, uh... Uh, kind of, a, I guess, a weird situation I'm in. I'm a first-time home buyer, and, and I, I had a house built um, by a builder in the area. And I don't know much about this area. I'm not from Texas. I understand foundation issues are common. But I just I seem to be having a lot of issues, and I just, I'm not getting anywhere with the builder. So I just didn't know what recourse I had or, or uh, you know, what, what method I should take. And the reason why I bring it up is because I have a crack running down from the front of my house, north and south, all the way to front to rear. Then I have a crack west to, uh, west to east, meeting that crack. So I essentially have a th- my house is basically in three portions, if you will. I've had a broken window. I've got sheetrock cracks all over the place. Had them come back in and fix the sheetrock crack. But then a couple of weeks, they cracked again. So uh, they keep coming out and measuring it and saying it's not out of the standard, but... I mean, it even broke a window, so I just don't know. How far out? You know what I mean? Yeah, how far out is it when they keep saying it's not out to the standard? Well, good question. I don't have the report here in front of me, but, um, you know, they just keep telling me there's a certain standard as long as it's within, you know, they they, they don't do anything. But they come out Mm -hmm. around the same time every year, so it's like they're not getting the seasonal shifting. um, That's also in there, too, as well. And how old a house is it? Uh, three, four, yeah, March of 14, I think construction was done on it. Okay. Well, here's what you need to do. Uh, I'm assuming since they've been coming out, it's well documented that uh, you've filed written complaints and everything with them. Right. I mean, before I even moved in the house, uh, when I opened the garage, uh, when I took keys, there was a crack already in the garage floor. So, uh, you know, this this was happening through the build. Yeah, to be honest with you, the, the cracks in the concrete don't bother me that much. All concrete okay. cracks by nature. Okay. The steel is in it to hold it together when it does crack. But when you start okay. having uh, sheetrock cracks, and typically for a window to break, there's got to be some pretty husky movement for a window to break. Right. Uh, that's, that's the reason I was kind of interested in how much has it moved because – and I'm, I'm going to upset some builders now, but it's a builder's trick that what they'll do is, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll come out every year, we'll shoot these elevations, and we'll check it. And they'll just keep telling you that it's within tolerance until your warranty is out. Right. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, most of the time in Texas, you have a 10-year warranty on the foundation itself. Yeah, but usually after five years, you start fighting with them pretty hard to get them to do anything. Okay. Uh, what I would suggest is you get somebody independent to come out and take a look at it. Okay. So maybe and, give y'all guys a call then? You can call. Uh, in fact, if you call my office, have Johan come out. Okay. Uh, because because he is an engineer. All right. And let him shoot some elevations. Let's see what actually where where this thing is. And have Johan give you a copy of the readings so that okay. you've got something that can be compared back to in the years forward if it's not that far off right now. Uh, okay. The readings themselves, though, I'm, they don't tell you the true story because sure. a house can That's be built an inch about. and a half. Yeah, the house can be built an inch and a half out of level to begin with. 
And oh, that's okay. why if they've been taking elevation readings, if you can get a, a hold of a copy of those, okay, that's what tells starts telling you the true story because it shows, okay, originally it was 0.5 out of level. Then it went to 0.8. Now we're at 1.3. Hey, this thing's continuously moving. It does need to be addressed. Okay. Um, but what really starts concerning me is when you start getting diagonal cracks in the sheetrock, doors that are right. out of alignment, things like that, that tells me, yes, it is moving. Yeah, and I'm having all that to include even molding is breaking, and I don't mean molding at the joints. I have an actual piece of molding that has cracked and separated the wood itself. So uh, I'm getting some significant pull. Um, so I'll do that. I'll give uh, I'll give uh, Johan a shout and uh, have him come out, and, uh, and I'll go from there. Fantastic. Jim, thanks so much. I do appreciate it. Justin, take care. And, hey, go buy Hard 8 there, have you some barbecue, and <laughs> chill out because this I is do. something that's going to take a while. I understand that. I, I, <laughs> I do many times. I appreciate it. All righty, take care. Thank you. Michael, how can I help you? Hey, uh, Jim, I wanted to let the previous caller know that his 10-year warranty on that foundation is through a company other than his builder. So it's through someone like RWC or 210. I would urge him to go through his paperwork from the builder, and there will be a warranty manual from one of those companies, and if he's not getting satisfaction from the builder, he can call that company, and they will step in um, and uh, possibly go into arbitration with that builder. Uh, and it certainly sounds like that's what he needs to do. I'm a builder and an inspector. Yep. Um, and so I run into a lot of this. Um, yeah, they're just trying to buy their time for it to go away because they don't want the ding with the warranty company. Absolutely, and that's and that's why um, that's why I would urge him to go to the warranty company themselves. A lot of people don't uh, don't realize they have that separate warranty, and that's what it's for. In the event that his builder goes out of business or is not taking care of his uh, warranty issues, right? Okay. So, all right. Thank you. Well, Michael, I appreciate you calling in. You bet. Thank you. T take care. Again, our number, 1-800-288-9227. And, and that was good advice. You always ought to be checking your paperwork to know who your warranty company is with because it typically is not the builder themselves. Although the builder services it, the warranty company is the ones legally responsible. And the builder will try to avoid sending stuff to the warranty company because it causes their rates to go up on it. John, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing great today. Um, my wife and I have built a home, uh, two years old, and we're looking to finish our backyard, putting in a pool, patio covering, uh, outdoor fireplace. Do you have any recommendations as to should I piecemeal that and subcontract each item or just go to a general contractor? Uh, what's the best way for me to go about that process? Okay, you want to put a pool in the outdoor entertainment area, and what else? Uh, uh, put a patio covering over, uh, put a fireplace out on, on the back door patio. Um, we're going to saw the backyard, and the whole backyard needs to be done. Okay. I will tell you, a lot of pool contractors 
can actually take care of all of that for you as a general contractor themselves to do it. But they are typically going to have an upcharge on you. Uh, most of the time, contractors are going to get anywhere from 20 to 40 percent for handling that stuff. And the reason for that, you know, 20% is just the overhead cost you know, because they got to carry it then on their general liability and take responsibility for it and everything. And then typically they're going to charge you anywhere 15 to 20% for profit for handling it. And that's how they come up with that 20 to 40% uh, added on top of what it would cost them to hire somebody. So if you want to save a few bucks, you know, you, you let the pool guy come in and do everything that the pool company does. They would do the, the pool, the pumps, the decking around the pool, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then why not get a price from them for doing the outdoor uh, entertaining area and the, the, co the cover and all that stuff. But also take a look at getting your own prices and then you can make a decision. I will tell you, it will be much easier on you to let the pool guy take care of everything. When you got to start coordinating, you got to be available to be there to take care of the stuff and, and be pushing on them that, hey, you got to get this done because there's another contractor coming in to do that. Where when you've got the pool guy taking care of all of it, you simply call him and say, get it done. Norma, this is Jim. How can I help you today? During the heavy storms, we had uh, some stains that appeared in our ceiling. Uh, my husband went on the roof and checked and inside in the attic, and he said he doesn't see any evidence of uh, leaking. So he thinks it is um, the previous owner had covered up some stains and they reappeared. Is that possible that uh, you can paint over a stain and then it just reappears in the ceiling? Yes. It, it is very possible, especially if he didn't s seal it well. Uh, if, if you get a water stain in sheetrock, you have to use a sealer on it, uh, some type of pigmented shellac. Then you can paint over it, and it doesn't come back through. But if you just paint over it, it will come right back through. But normally it'll come through within days, not not weeks or months or anything. How long have you had the house? Yeah, we've been in the house for three years. No, no. No, this, 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 what you got there is from this from the storm then. Uh, well, let me ask you a, a, a quick question. What do you have for roof ventilation? Is it a ridge vent or, or is it the turbines? Or? I think it's ridge vent. Yes, ridge with vent. The, with the amount of rain that we had and the wind, it is possible that you got a little bit that got up into that ridge vent and came inside the attic. Okay. So... I, I'll be honest with you. If it was my house and I didn't, wasn't able to find where the leaks are, or a roofer wasn't able to find where the leaks are, I would go ahead and get the sheet, the uh, insulation out that got wet, and then go ahead and put a pigmented shellac on there, like a Zinsser primer sealer. Okay. And paint it and be done with it. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Jim. You're welcome. Good luck with that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, we, we all have to remember, this was a, a, a very unusual storm that hit. You know, they're, they're calling it an uh, 800 or 1,000-year storm. 
we in our lifetimes chances are we will not see this again so things that happen will probably never happen to us again now if it's something that happens on a regular basis yeah you need to get somebody up there and find out what's going on going to sugarland carol this is jim how can i help you hi um i have an issue with windows upstairs on the north side of my house is it double windows you know one next to each other it seems uh-huh. to have been overwhelmed by the rain from Harvey's, and the water came in on the windowsill, rolled down the sides, and damaged the sheetrock. But we're not sure how to address this because did the window, you know, I don't know where the, where the water came in. This is a room we don't use very often. So we're yeah. just not sure how to even start to who do we call in. Um, these were certainteed windows, which doesn't exist anymore. And our yeah. contractors—they're fifteen years old. Okay. So my any, guess. Any... Yeah, my guess is it's probably not the window itself. In other words, it's not the glass or the frame. I got an idea. It's going to be around the frame where the where the frame meets. Uh, is it is it brick up there or is it wood? hardy board okay and my guess is it's where the hardy board and the window meet each other Uh, okay because these are replacement windows correct what do you mean by replacement we they are double pane windows which we put in. right but were they were they the original original windows for the house no yeah so they're replacement windows then and the way a replacement window is put in it doesn't have the fin like an original window does that gets nailed into the studs from the front. It has the screws go in from the sides, and then everything is sealed up with caulking to keep water from going in. And it sounds like you got water that went in between the two, and once it gets in there, it can get inside, get onto the uh, windowsill, and run you know, just like what you had happen. So the first thing I would do is typically painters do all the caulking and everything. And that would be the first thing I would look at is to make sure that all the caulking is right. And you're going to be looking at the caulking not only around the the window itself, but also around the trim board around the window. Okay. And I think that's going to take care of your problem. Okay. Uh, Most, and and, and you're going to have to check. You're going to really need to check the rest of your windows also because most caulking, even though if you even if you get, you know, a 35 or 50 year caulk, most of the time you're going to get 10 to 15 years out of it and that's it. Our climate is just brutal outside. Okay. Well, that's 15 years. Yep. Well, I guess we'll start there. Julian, how can I help you? Yeah, uh I have a pier and beam home. Uh, and I think over the summer I'd put like a, you know, like a skirt on the back side of it. And now I seem to have some kind of like a buckling in my living room. I don't know if that's what the problem was. <laughs> I put a skirt on. Well, it, it very well can be because a, a block and base and a pier and beam house, they need to ventilate properly underneath. If When you start putting the skirtings or closing the vents, you start building moisture underneath. And that will start affecting your wood floors. Uh, it will also affect 
or affect the uh, subfloor and your two by joist underneath the house your everything will start to get moist when it starts to get moist it starts to deteriorate and start causing wood rot i just had a, a place opened up where they put skirting around a house that was built in 1926 and it just rotted everything out in a matter of like five ten years and so we're having to replace all the floor joists the subfloors everything uh so you, yeah you definitely need to take a look at what you've got for ventilation i know a lot of people want to put the skirting because they they think it's going to keep it warmer and cooler and all that kind of stuff but the money it costs you in the long run is not worth it is there any way to correct that bow maybe yeah get get it where it's ventilating properly underneath there again and get some uh Keep your AC system going or put it – does the house have central air or does it have just uh, window units? What do you got? Yeah, just window units. Get a dehumidifier in there. Sure. And start dehumidifying the air. And a lot of times if the floors haven't cupped too bad, they will actually start to lay back down. It takes a long period of time. Uh, we're talking like six months. Yeah. But a lot of times it will lay down again. Sure. All right. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> All righty. Good luck with that. Terry, how are you today? Thank you, sir, for taking my call. i got a question about uh, the floods we've had. My home was flooded, and they want to remove the backer board on a brick home and uh, want to know how they can do that without taking the brick off or taking the studs out without uh, ruining the integrity of the home. Well, you can't take the uh, studs out because that is the integrity of the home. Uh, the only way to, to really take off those backer boards is to take the brick down. And they say that they can only take, they only want to take uh, like part of the bricks down at a time. And then I guess they'll put the rest, they'll put them back and move down the line until they get all the backer board changed out. How, how much water did you have in your home? Uh, uh, 18 inches. Okay, so they're are they only gonna they're only gonna replace that board then on the bottom 18 inches, or 20 well, inch, 24 inches, or. Yeah, I think that's what the uh, estimate says that they're gonna just um, replace uh, 48 inches of it. I guess is what they're gonna do, but I don't understand why they want to do it. Number one, because from the inside, that looking from the sheetrock side, it's still in good shape. It's hard. It's dry. And there's nothing wrong with it. Why do I want to replace it? If it's still hard and dry, then there is no reason to replace it. Because okay. you can, you can uh, put something like shockwave on it. Right. Uh, and that will kill all the bacterias and stuff in it. Uh, you know, get rid of molds, mildews, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what's dried, used on flooded homes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't... There's a lot of homes where that stuff got so saturated it just fell apart. And, and I, I, in a lot of those cases, the insurance company is saying, no, we're, we're not going to pay to replace it. So I, I wasn't sure why they were wanting to do yours. But definitely, definitely if it's hard you know, and still structurally good, there's not a reason to replace it. So it's not a mold issue. It's just a structural integrity issue where it's falling apart. Yeah, you, well, the whole saying. purpose, yeah, the whole purpose of that board is not structural, really. I mean, the, the, the corner pieces that are plywood, those are structural. 
but the majority of it uh, is strictly there to keep the moisture because moisture travels through brick and it'll run down the back side. That board is there to keep your insulation from getting up against the brick and, and having the moisture issue mm-hmm. in the insulation. Okay. And so if yours is still structurally good to hold the insulation, it is fine. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I thought. I just wanted to get a, your opinion. That you, you, you helped me out quite a bit. Thank you, sir. Good luck with that. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, and, you know, and, and I know a lot of people that that board has gone totally bad, and some people have taken it out, and they're trying to figure out how to put in a new board from the inside, and you can't. On a brick home, you've got brick ties that go into the studs. They are in the way of being able to put in those new boards, and you can't cut the brick ties because that's what holds the brick steady. If you've got a house where the, where the brick can be shaken by mo- you know, pushing on it, that's because the brick ties aren't there. So it's it's a catch-22, and, and truly, the only way to fix it properly is to take the brick off. 713-212-5874. And, and let, me, let me clarify what I just said. When I say take to fix it properly, if the board is bad. But if your board isn't crumbly and stuff, there's not a reason to replace it. Clean it up and, and leave it there. David, this is Jim. Welcome to KRLD. Thank you. I have a quick question uh, concerning the soaker hoses. You mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. Just wondering for a 2,700-foot uh, square foot home, how often, how much would you recommend using a soaker hose? And if there's a limit or if there's a minimum on that, I assume you get some conflicting uh, comments on that before. I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Well, actually, if you're using soaker hoses, keep them 12 to 18 inches away from the foundation. Run them twice a day, 15 minutes each time to start. Now, the key thing, though, to making these soaker hoses work, you know, they come with this little plug that's got a little hole in it. And what you're going to find is you get a lot of water at the beginning and hardly anything at the end of the hose. To fix Hmm. that, take that plug out and put a pressure regulator on the line. Okay. Drop that city pressure down to 15 to 20 PSI. By going low like that, it balances out where you can actually hook two or three hoses together and get an even water dispersal over the whole system. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Now, in order to make sure that you're getting the water twice a day, you're going to have to put a timer on it. And they make battery-operated timers that you can hook on your hose bib. And like I say, set it for 15 minutes twice a day. To check it, go out like once a quarter. Take a large screwdriver, poke it in the ground. Now, if you can't get it in the ground because it's all dry and hard, you're not getting enough water. Turn it up to okay. 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, I see. Okay. If you poke it so, in the ground, you pull it out, and it's moist, you're perfect. And if you pull it out and it, you got too much water, cut it down to 10 minutes. With our weather cycles, you do need to adjust uh, the timing periodically. Okay. So... The main thing that I'm really interested in here now to make sure I understand, you're saying um, that it should be about 12 inches away from the base of the house. 12 to 18 inches, yes, sir. Wow. I thought it, I've been doing it wrong then. I've had it, it right, right up, up, up against it, haven't you? Four inches. I, I've got it right up against it, four inch, about two inches deep, right yep. up under the soil. Yeah. And that's too close. That, that is, because what happens is when it starts running, uh, it'll sometimes start 
uh, washing soil away because if the water starts running on the concrete, it can move soil. And what you're trying uh, to do is put a moist ring around the foundation uh, to keep the soil expanded, much like a balloon. Okay. And so All that's right. that's the trick is to keep that moist ring. Now, you're going to see a lot of people who will tell you, oh, just water it you know, once a week heavily or twice a week the reason for giving it a little bit of water daily the moisture in our black gumbo clay soils it yeah. only absorbs about an eighth of an inch an hour so you got to give That's moisture cool. to it on a regular basis to get that moisture down five six seven feet and by okay. only giving it water once or twice a week you just don't get consistent enough to get it deep down okay i didn't know that that does make sense but i guess i've been doing it the backward way but um the last question here now for sure is that you spoke about the 12 inches if that 12 inches gets into the area where there's vegetation or bushes shrubs whatever should i get rid of the shrubs or are oh, they no. okay to stay there no they're okay to stay there but that's the reason i say 12 to 18 so you can go around okay. the bushes one side or the other got it got it okay now, if you uh, need if you want some written instructions uh, go yeah. to my website, thipro.com. T-H-I. Pro, P-R-O, dot com. Okay. And click on the link to Do West. Do West? Yeah, D-U-West. Okay. Foundation Repair. Right. And that's actually one of the businesses I own. And I okay. have some written detailed instructions on the site there as far as how to properly water. Great. I will. I'll look into that. Okay. that. That helps tremendously. I do appreciate it. You bet. You take care. I would like to put an 8x12 storage shed in my backyard. What brand makes more sense? What kind of foundation would you recommend? Also, do you have recommendations for a contractor for a foundation? Thank you very much for your help. Well, you know, really, it's, it's going to depend on what you're going to use this shed for. Some people use their sheds for gardening other people use it for just storing you know lawn mowers and stuff and what does your neighborhood allow do you have to have it match the house or can you use a, a metal building or you know it, it it all plays into what's the best to go with even the foundation concrete versus going with just a uh two by type subfloor well here here's my take on it if you can have a, a shed that's up on skids, Tough Shed makes a very good one. I mean, no no question about it. Their, their sheds are great. If you want to have something uh, in a metal-type structure, I would take a look at Mueller. They make some great sheds as well as steel buildings and things like that. But Tough Shed for most backyards is what you're looking for because in most cases it meets the HOA requirements Metal sheds a lot of times in, in neighborhoods are not allowed. Even if you're out in a country area, some places won't allow them. Not sure why, but they don't. Uh, so th that's where I would start is at Tough Shed. Now, you will have a, a choice between a concrete foundation or being up on the skids. And for that, it really, to me, depends on the size. In other words, if you're just using it for the lawnmower, or even a riding mower, maybe a motorcycle, things like that, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having it up on skids. But if you want to use it to pull a vehicle in and do mechanic work in there, things like that, 
then hey, let's go with a concrete slab. And the people who build it should be able to provide you with a contractor who can build the slab for you. In most municipalities, you're going to have to have an engineered drawing for that foundation and go with that recommendation. Mary, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yeah, um, got a question about uh, my my mom lives down just east of Houston, and her house flooded um, pretty bad during Harvey. Uh huh. Um, it had one time before, but not this bad. And my brother kind of, you know, dug some ditches around it, that kind of thing. That helped. But um, we can see this has been kind of an ongoing problem. And I wondered, um, are you, she's on a concrete slab, and it's about 17, 1800 square feet, something like that. Can a brick outside, can you ever lift those up and raise the foundation and then set them back down on it absolutely you can so, oh yeah let, let, let me how much water did it get in the house um well we i kind of disagree my brother thinks it was not four inches i think it was close to six okay well honestly for all the flooding that took place down there uh Four to six inches really isn't a whole lot. Where, where is the home at down there? It's in Dayton, okay. Dayton, Texas. I'm very and so familiar. they got like 51 inches, you know, all the yeah. Harvey set over them. So it well, was, yeah. Here's, here's what's involved in, in raising a foundation. I, and I, I actually raised my first slab foundation in 1989 uh, down on Taylor Lake Village in Clear Lake. And I raised it nine and a half feet in the air because it was getting water in over the countertops like two and oh three my. times a year. Wow. So, it, yes, it definitely can be done. And what you have to do is the whole structure gets underpinned inside and out. Now, typically you can do it by tunneling. Some contractors will break through the slab. I, I try to talk people out of breaking through the slab because... We don't want to, you know, knock a bunch of holes into something that we're getting ready to have to lift up in the air that high. But after you've got all the underpinning installed, you actually set jacks and start lifting them up. Uh, I've act I'm going to uh, New Orleans actually Thursday to look at a a new Unilift system where all of the jacks are on hoses that come back to a uh, trailer type pump where you can literally pick the whole thing up and you know you can pick a house up four feet in less than a day wow the but you'll spend you know three weeks getting it ready to do that okay now the things that you got to be aware of the sewer system in many cases ends up getting replaced yeah uh, if it's PVC, you can sometimes just cut the system, though, and raise the house up and then extend the pipes. Uh, so it's going to depend on, on on the type of system, the age of the home, things like that. Yeah. Gas, gas lines have to be extended. If it's underground, electric lines coming in, they have to be redone. If it's overhead, they typically can be left in place and, and uh, not have to be replaced. Okay. And, All right. 
I'm not sure if Dayton is doing this or not, but in some areas, if you get more than 50% of the value of the home, not counting the land, just the home itself, just, just the structure, into repairing it after the flood, they're requiring you to raise it up. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, at four to six inches, though, you're, you're, you should not get into that type of situation. You should be well under that. Uh, the other thing I will tell you is you do have a secondary option. Now, it's not as good, but it is far less expensive. And that is you can actually put a flood wall around the home to to keep water from going into it. I built one of those one time where we put a 16-inch uh, tall concrete wall, about 6 inches, 6 or 8 inches, I don't remember now, uh, thick, all the way around the house. We had a drop-in for where the doors were, and it worked great for the next 15, 20 years that I knew about. And then at that point, when we got 54 inches of rain, it just it went over the top because that was just more water than it was ever designed to handle. And how high, how high did you say? Well, that one we I did was uh, 16 inches. 16 inches high, a little concrete wall. Yep. Ran all the way around. And then what did you say where you, like, come into the garage and the front door? What do you we, put? I, we built little uh, barricades that could be dropped into place for those areas to basically to act as a floodgate to hold the water out. Okay. Do you have any... Uh, do you do any work down in that area? Do you have oh, yes, ma'am. I, I have an office in Pasadena. Oh, okay. Well, that's perfect. Yeah, because we're, you know, pretty close to there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to Ray about it. He's a master plumber, so he could handle all the plumbing. He all, We kind of talked about this a little bit. Any problem for him to deal with that? Yeah. But, no, it's, it, and it's, it's how old the house is it? Oh, my gosh. Uh, let me see. I think it was built in the early 1970s. Okay. More than likely, it's going to have PVC plumbing under it then, so it should be very easy to take care of. I have a question that might take either one firm or more, depending on your answer. I want to have installed in my bathroom a heater fan. May need a new shower pan and I may have a water leak under my slab foundation to be determined still. I, or do I need one or two firms to perform this work? Well, if you have all those items that need to be taken care of, yeah, it's going to be multiple trades because the shower fan, or not shower fan, let's start with the heater fan. The heater fan can be installed, the, the if you're venting it, it can be installed by the plumbers but ac guys are normally the ones who do any type of venting what you're talking about putting in though a heater fan won't require any venting but it does probably require electrical hookup so depending on if you've already got the electric source there or not you may need an electrician shower pans are normally put in by plumbers because it has to seal around the drain line and everything however all the tile or whatever goes back on top of it is normally another contractor or tile layer or someone like that. Now, the as far as a water leak under the slab, that also would fall under a plumber. 
So I would start with plumbing actually on this and work my way up to that heater fan um, if it was me. Now, most of the time, plumbers have tile guys that they can either bring in to do the project or refer you to if you need multiple trades. Uh, so it's really going to depend on the, you know, the plumbing company that you hire to come in and, and do it. But let's, the, the, the one that the, I would start with, I would start with that under slab water leak and the shower pan leak because those two can cause you way more damage than you could ever dream about having. Water is not your home's friend. The two by fours and stuff we use in the walls are not treated. So if you get moisture on them for a prolonged period of time, they start to deteriorate. Moist water or moist wood also attracts termites. So you got a secondary problem there. Not to mention the sheetrock doesn't take it. The insulation doesn't take it. Everything just deteriorates and you get into a, a, an expensive bill of rebuilding. So let's get rid of the water problems first. And if yes, a water leak under a slab the soil starts to expand in an isolated area that way it it heaves up and if it's left too long and and i'm talking months now but it left too long the soil actually turns to mush and that area drops down lower than it's supposed to be all around just creating all kinds of nasty problems for you so start with the plumbing issues and work your way up from there and you know the the unfortunate thing is that's the way business is nowadays uh a good plumber is going to make anywhere from you know if he's a uh an entry plumber let's say got his journeyman license but he he really hasn't learned everything yet he's a 22 dollar plus guy you get up into the master license you're going to be 30 to 35 dollars an hour on top of that you got the vehicle the insurance is, I mean, take that $454,000, divide it by 365 days a year. Now, you even got to divide it worse than that because we don't work seven days a week. Yes, you do emergency calls, but that's added money because you got to pay the guys extra money. This is why it's costing so much to operate a legitimate business nowadays and we haven't even started talking about taxes you know people always complain that oh businesses they don't they don't pay taxes that add, added on to their taxes you can have a business that loses money you still got to pay a franchise tax every year in the state of texas uh, and and it's not cheap uh but when they when they mandated the health insurance that added and the insurance I was just talking about, that 454, that does not include my health insurance. That was for general liability, workers' comp, and vehicles. That's it. That's just the stuff to put trucks out on the road. You can add another 300000 a year for health insurance. And you can add another couple hundred thousand a year in taxes, whether I make profit or not. And I'll tell you the one that really just chaps me to no end is unemployment. Why in God's name somebody needs 99 weeks of unemployment in today's economy is just beyond my comprehension. Get a damn job. You may not be the same quality of job you had before. Start your way somewhere and work your way up. 
And it just drives me nuts when I hear, when I watch the news and they start saying, oh, businesses can afford this and businesses can afford that. Businesses can't afford a darn thing. Every nickel that goes out of a business comes out of the consumer's pocket. And that's what people fail to understand. You will pay it when you add it on to a business. Unless you're going to hire these fly-by-night chuck-in-a-truck contractors and home repair people and any other type of business who don't carry insurance, who don't pay the taxes, who don't pay unemployment, pay their workers under the table cash, that's what you end up with getting those cheap deals. And I think I got off onto my soapbox enough. Got a home improvement question? 214-787-1080. That's 214-787-1080. And and I'll tell you why I get on that soapbox. I've got people that I compete with who just, they don't, we talked about house raisings a few minutes ago. I lost a bid to another contractor who pays under the table his guys cash money to go do these type of projects. It's a FEMA job, a government job, and they're allowing those kind of workers on it. Drives me nuts. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.